your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. Joining me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. And yeah, a lot to get to on today's episode. Uh, the Avalanche game against the Buffalo Sabres on Saturday. The game this afternoon against the Boston Bruins. And we are going to start with Joe Sackick in attendance at the Islanders Canadians game. So before we get to that, first things first, follow the show on social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, the Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified whenever a new show goes live. And as always, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. So, uh, normally we start with the most recent game, but because there was kind of a day in between uh, when the Az played and us recording, we are going to push that back to the second segment. And I think the reason, more of the reason we're doing that is because Joe Sackick was in attendance of the Islanders Canadians game and where things are with the season, with it being, you know, a trade frenzy or at least talking about a trade frenzy and, and including the Avalanche. That's a big deal. Uh, we always hear of scouts and and uh, upper management at Avalanche games, and this one he went he went he was the one at a game. Uh, so what do you make of this? Uh, obviously, the Avs are in the market. He goes back to to the uh, the Islanders, who probably he's the last one Islander fans want to see. Uh, but which team was he scouting? Was it both of them? What do you make of this whole scenario with Sackick at the game? Yeah, you honestly feel that on his drive back from Buffalo, uh, he's like, you know what? Let me go check on Lou Liberello. I probably <laughs> I feel really bad about that Devin Tays deal. And uh, he went to attend a game, and the Canadians happened to be there, and he just kind of scoped some things out. And if you look at those two rosters, I mean, it brings up some interesting questions on what he could be actually looking at, like, Montreal has four goalies on their roster. I don't think we need one of those. Mm. But there's so many things that bring up question marks with his visit to Lou. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't just passing through and said, hey, I'll just take in a hockey game today. (laughs) Um, He's looking for stuff. So, well, let's kind of look at those rosters. And, uh, well, first of all, if you guys want to kind of a a deep dive into – some other players that are on the market right now, Kyle and I did that on Friday, kind of the bigger names that are out there. But you kind of have to remember that, the, the yeah, the Avs may or may not make that splash deal that we keep talking about for someone like Claude Giroux, uh, but they likely will make a move or two of these <laughs> depth moves that Sakic is so good at. So I think that's what he was looking at here. And let's go over both of those, both of the rosters. Um, and what we're going to do, we're just going to look at the guys that have expiring contracts because we think that's the route the Avs are going to go. I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to really inherit a, a term, a long term contract, especially one with a large number. 
So we're kind of just going to do just that, just expiring contracts. Um, And we'll start with the Islanders. We'll kind of just go through these. Um, I'll list them off and then we can kind of go back, double back and maybe talk about specific ones. So expiring contracts. Here's the unrestricted contracts for the New York Islanders. Cal Clutterbuck, Zach Parisi, Kiefer Bellows. Uh, excuse me, Bellows is a restricted, so forget about him. So B- Clutterbuck, Parisi, you have Zidane Chara, and Andy Green. Those are your unrestricted free agents. Your restricted free agents are Kiefer Bellows, Noah Dobson, and Sebastian Ajo, not that Sebastian Ajo. Mm. So, um, and thank you for putting that on there. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we'll start with the Islanders. Anybody jump out at you as who he could be scouting here? Uh, the two names that really jump off is it's Clutterbuck and unfortunately Parise. Mm. I think Parise is more of a name right now. I mean, he is making next to nothing. He's making $750,000. So if you wanted Zach Parise, it would be for uh, veteran depth and really nothing else. And that goes back to the question of what you give up for him. uh, Is it, is it better than what, is he better than what you would have to give up? Mm -hmm. I don't think, well, the, 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 the interesting thing here is I don't think you'd have to give up any player for yeah. Zach Parise. You'd have to give up a late round draft pick. Is that something you would want to do? Take a flyer on, on a, you know, an aging forward uh, who has a history and, you know, would, would you need that right now? I don't uh, know. Well, you're also taking a gamble on which, which Parise you're getting. Like if you're looking at the Parise from maybe three or four years ago, those are numbers that you would love to have on the team right now. But ever since the 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 separation from Minnesota, like it's not been the same. What's he and, got this year? Do you have his, his it, uh, yeah, he's got 16 points on the year so far. Wow. So and how many but games? oh he's only well, four. Well, game play, he's got 45 games played, four goals, 12 assists, 16 points out of 42 games. Yeah, I mean, but, he's not hes not what he was, clearly, but... You know what he's capable of, and this is one of those, like, the question that we had, like, on Friday's episode when we were talking about Chikrin. We know what he can do, and mm-hmm. you're, you're sitting there determining, like, is it draft pick? And we talk about, like, the cheaper contracts and the term is gold right now, especially with a flat cap. Are you willing to take a gamble on Parise knowing he could put up astronomical numbers and not have to try so hard in Colorado, or are you going to inherit just another bump on the log on that third and fourth line? Yeah, I mean, it, you you can put him down there, and 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 that's the question you ask: is, is would he is he would he produce better than who is down there now? So, I mean, hmm, I mean, a guy like you know Helm is struggling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Would you would you be more? comfortable with someone like Zach Parisi playing on a, a bottom six line than Darren Helm. If you tell me maybe Parise, yeah, if you tell me Parise for Helm, I say do it. Because especially with like you really don't, don't even, know what you're getting out of Helm. I don't even think you'd have to get rid of Helm. You could yep. just keep keep Helm on the back burner and if something happens, if there's an injury or something like that, you can slot him back in and, and deal with it. Um but you you would have to give up just a, a mid to late 
draft pick right now for Parisi. So, I mean, is it something they do that that's not going to move the needle? Like that, no. that's not a that's that's not the only move that the Avs would would make and then call it a day at the trade deadline. Yeah, that's that's the depth move that they they could possibly do to bring in the elder statesman. You're not looking for him to you know light up the scoreboard. You're just looking for him to be there to be a, a solid bottom six guy who's good in the locker room. And is a veteran presence, especially when you have teams around you like Calgary getting Toffoli and Eichel now scoring goals in Vegas when everybody wow. else is making these. How many? Well, he, he only got one, right? But it's starting. It's yeah, starting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. But you're getting production out of that and San Jose, but whatever. <laughs> Arizona beat us and ruined our streak. So anything right. can happen on any given night. Um, the but with all of these moves going around, like it would be a very sacking thing to do to really announce the Avalanche are here and they're going for the cup to make that JT Miller move, that Giroux move, and then bring in a Parise for a pick. You know, yeah. that little extra, that right. little salt bay sprinkle yeah, yeah, yeah. on everything, just like that's that's what you're wanting there. Very good point. Um the Clutterbuck is interesting. He, mm-hmm. He's kind of You'd bring him in for the same reason as uh, Parise. He's little, you know, he, he has a little bit more uh, grit to his game than than Parise, but his cap number is a little bit higher. He's at three point five, and he's an unrestricted. So you would bring that would be a player swap. That yeah. you know, that's not just draft picks. That would be someone like Comfort or Jost. And again, that here's the question you constantly have to ask. Does he improve the team if you're getting rid of those guys? If you're getting rid of Jost or Comfort, does Clutterbuck improve your team? That, uh, that's a question. A, right, right. That That is a very interesting question because he brings a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. And is that a dynamic that you want? That's the yeah. question that needs to ask. Especially like if you're going back and looking at Clutterbuck's history, never has he produced even in the realm of Parise, and you're getting him for a draft pick. So... Is this a double dip you really want to make? Like, do you want to package Prezi and Clutterbuck? And uh, uh-huh. yeah, then you send maybe JT or, well, he's been on the skids for a little bit, but Abe Kubel, um, he, he hasn't been doing anything. So that's a, you can ship them both out with a pick and then bring both of those in. But Clutterbuck by himself doesn't impress me because you know what you're getting and the potential in Parise. Clutterbuck is still one of those questions. And then yeah. you're giving up more and inheriting more of a contract. All right. That's true. Um, let's look at Montreal. So Montreal's got a bunch. Mm. <laughs> they have uh, unrestricteds and restricteds up and down this roster. So instead of doing that, we'll just kind of like pick a couple of them and see who he could be going after. The one that that I would love, and I don't I don't know if it's going to happen because he is restricted, is Arturi Lankinen. Mm. Um, that that would be a Joe Sackick move if I've ever seen one. Because now you inherit him; he's two point three, but he's way less than that because you're getting him uh, at this point in the season, so you're not paying that amount; you're paying the prorated amount. And to get him as a restricted free agent, it would be and inheriting those arbitration rights is is something Joe Sackick is kind of a genius at doing. I don't think Montreal really. I mean, I know they're in rebuild and they want to 
but they they have to keep some guys to keep this yeah. thing going forward. And I think he would be one of them. But I mean, if Joe Sakic has proven anything, it's he is savvy when it comes to making some deals. So that that's something I'm watching. I don't know the percentage of it being a possibility, but it's something I'm watching. And when you're talking about Sackick and relationships, do you not think Sackick has a better relationship with Marty St. Louis and Vinny LeCavier than he does Lou Lamarillo? So mm. don't like you would think that would be the relationship, but with it being in the island, he's talking to Lou, and I doubt they were like I doubt the GMs would be there as well. But like there are potential pickups for Montreal, but like it's when you're looking at the two rosters, like the Islanders are where you want to go because you can't, we can't put Marty St. Louis in a playing position, but like mm. Lincoln and he's producing 20 points already on the year, but he's is, a good young player. He's, he's a really a good, very good young player. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. it's this where you want to make your move. Like you're trying again, the purpose of all of these moves is to solidify a Stanley Cup. We're not experimenting here. No. Um, and I think he could, uh, I mean, put, putting him on a good team, I think you would re- really see what this this young kid can do. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, even though he's, you know, he's 26 and he's going into restricted free agency, I think, I think the Canadians would want, way more than teams are willing to give for him because I think yeah. they kind of know what they he's kind of you're going to see him improve every year. I just really like him. Yeah. Um, and I think he could, I think he could improve an avalanche team. I do. I, I like what he can bring. I don't know. Like, yeah, you don't really think the Islanders, the Islanders kind of have the mindset of like, you know, fool me once shame on me. Yeah. <laughs> with, with Devontae's. So the, they are probably treading very lightly uh, with Joe Sackick with anything that he proposes to them because of that. Um, and they don't want to get burned again. And, and if the, if Joe Sackick comes out and says, hey, uh, I have int- interest in this guy, they might be like, oh, why do you have interest in that guy? Maybe we have more interest in him now because you like him, Joe Sackick. <laughs> and then so, he, he goes over there and slaps uh, Varlamov on the head and he's like, remember this guy? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, but in Montreal, nothing really else sticks out to me that I would – I mean, everything, anything would be depth. Anything that you would get from – and again, just on the expiring contracts would just be depth. Maybe Brett Kulak, um, he's at 1.85. That would be a, a defensive depth move. I wouldn't be against. But, man, I don't know. I don't I, – I, 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 I have a hard time – really find anybody that excites me outside of of Lincoln and on, on the Canadians. So yeah, and that's the last thing you want to do as the Avalanche is on that like sports network, you know, the SN when they do the trade deadline show, when that move comes across the ticker and all those analysts say, why are the Avalanche making this move? That doesn't make much sense. I guess they're shoring up this. You don't want it to land as a thud. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking I'm just looking over and over and over again. I don't really see a ton that Ugh. all right yeah. we're, we're just gonna have to move on from that so uh <laughs> sorry montreal again, <laughs> i know but but again it's uh an exciting time and and knowing that he's at a game uh he the wheels are turning in, in joe sackick's head that's for sure yeah so all right uh that 
segment went a little bit long, but obviously good stuff. So, but let's get to Built Bar and then talk about the game against Buffalo. So, uh, we are well into February, and if you've given up on your New Year's resolution, all is not lost. You can always include Built Bar in your wanting to eat healthier. So, and if you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs, what are you waiting for? It's the first ever protein infused marshmallow bar. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they are not just a protein bar, they're a treat and covered in 100% chocolate. And they have some great flavors in the Puffs line, like uh, cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. Who doesn't like a good banana cream pie? I mean, I'm a fan. Exactly. Uh, so, and again, all these bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, including the puffs. They are low calorie, high protein. So replace your candy bar with built bar. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to built.com and use the promo code locked one five for 15% off of your order. Once again, the promo code is locked 15 for 15% off at built. Com. All right, let's get to the game. That was Saturday afternoon. Um, I think I've come to a realization, and maybe I'm in the minority here, and may- maybe you differ from this. I don't think I'm a fan of the afternoon games. I am in some aspects of everything else around the game except the actual game. I just, like, I like my like routine yeah when a game is at night like it's at the end of my day you know what i mean like i can just relax watch a game we record a podcast i edit all that down and then i go to bed when the game is in the afternoon i just and, and it's and it gets over i'm like i still have like half my day left and i just if they lose the rest of the day sucks because if they lose at night and go to bed and forget about it, if they if they win, it's like, all right, yeah, they won. And now, like, I have other things to do. I don't know. It's just it just throws me off. I'm not I, I kind of realize that I'm not a fan of, of an afternoon game. I'm glad you said that, because how you think and feel around the game is noticeable around the two positions in that game where it's just a headspace like. The Darcy Kemper that we saw out of his routine of the nightly routine. Yeah. That was evident. Like if you have a hat trick score, like pitching shutouts to a hat trick in Buffalo, mm. that that is evidence of being thrown out of routine. And that whole game felt like everyone was out of a routine, but the avalanche can win bad games. Right. And and it, this was just an, an ugly game. This was not a – it wasn't really like a fun game. It was a frustrating game to watch. The, the beginning was just crazy. Yeah. Five goals and I, I think I think all five goals were scored in the first ten minutes, it seemed like. I don't know. I yeah. get the uh, stats up. But it was just back and forth. Maybe it was a little bit exciting because there was a lot of scoring. But the scoring just stopped after the first. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, obviously. I mean, they, win, they won five to three. Um but the first period compared to the second and third, I think m- both teams were just like, what is going on here? We have to settle things down, especially the avalanche. Yeah. Like, we have to settle. We have to get into our, our, our game plan. Uh, Buffalo, I, they, they, and I think the avalanche are going to get this. They're going to get their best from other teams. Yeah. 
That's just what's going to happen. And I feel like that's what happened with Buffalo. Buffalo is going to use that as a measuring stick for, for the rest of this season and going into next season. Like, look what we did against the top teams in the league. And I don't have the stats in front of me of what they're doing against teams like, you know, Tampa and, and Carolina, Florida. I I would like to go see that. Maybe I should have looked at it yep. before we recorded because are they putting up their best against the best team? Not winning them necessarily, but playing better. What you got to think about, like we just spent the whole first segment talking about the trade deadline and who's going out and who's coming in. These teams like Arizona that embarrassed us, Buffalo that tried to, mm. they're they're hyping themselves up before the game, knowing that some pieces they don't want to be there. They're getting ready to be traded out for pieces. That what better way to improve your stock? Because that than, team might want you. <laughs> then. Uh, just ask, what was it, uh, Toffoli a couple years ago uh, when he came out of uh, Los Angeles. But, like, you you show out against the number one team in the league mm-hmm. and you improve your draft stock and you go out there and say, show them what you got. I know The coach firing up. I know what you can do. And they go out there and the Avalanche have this, well, we're going to mow them down. We'll do what we do. And you get more than you expected. Granted, we can handle it. Still can't convert the power play, but you can handle it the avalanche need to understand that they are at the top of the heap. Now we're not, we're not working our way up. We are there and you're going to get the best night in night out. It doesn't matter what team we're playing. Yeah. And Buffalo, you know, they got that goal early. There was a couple Mm -hmm. minutes in and they they got a goal early. Kemper looked uh, like shocked on that shot. It it didn't really seem like it was going to be that hard and he just lost it. And yeah, and that gave it was weird because it gave Buffalo a lot of like uh, enthusiasm and like, hey, we can, all right, we got one on the board. Let's let's build off of that. And <laughs> then, Superman and then, bleeds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Avs turn right around and score one, maybe like a minute later, yeah. and you could see Buffalo was deflated a little bit after that one. Yeah, you could see they were like, oh man, like we we had one, and and we we would like to have liked to played with a lead for a little bit longer. And and that's what the avalanche can do. They can yeah. turn right around and, and just tie this thing up at the drop of a hat. And then what happened? And then and then Buffalo gets uh well no, they, then they go down because JT Confer mm-hmm. got that one that had like the backspin on it, and then that went in. The official then, moment that I knew the game was ridiculous. <laughs> and then Thompson gets one not that much longer after that. Nope. He gets his second of of the, the period to tie it. So Every time the Avs had a chance to really kind of like put the nail into this team, uh, they came back. So I feel like you got to give Buffalo some kind of credit. And it was just not the best night for some Avs. Uh, defensively, it was just – it was ugly defensively. Bad turnovers by several people, Kale McCarr included. Um, it, it was just one of – and maybe it is the afternoon thing. Maybe, you know, it, you don't play a ton of afternoon games in hockey. You just don't. So uh, maybe, you know, flying cross country, heading into Buffalo, you got to play, you know, a, a one o'clock game in the Eastern time zone. Uh, and he just threw them off a little bit. But, uh, you know, and I don't want it's not all horrible because, yeah, they did pull out a win, which is always good on the road. Um, but there, there was some I think I looked I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was Darren Helm. His Corsi percentage was was God awful. And, um, his 
let's see, I, if I remember correctly, his Corsi 4, and if you're not familiar with the Corsi set, Corsi basically measures every single shot taken, not just shots mm-hmm. on net, shots that are blocked, shots that miss the net, just any shot that's taken while that person is on the ice, if if their, t- if their team shoots it, it's Corsi for them. If it, the other team shoots it, it's Corsi against them. His Corsi 4, so the shots the Avalanche took when he was on the ice was 2. Corsi against was 12. That's not a good ratio. And he wasn't the only one. Um, there was a couple other players, but that that was the worst. So you, you just you want to see that be as much 50-50 for the lower guys as possible. Yeah. And they weren't. They were all out of whack. Everything was just crazy about this game. And it was on the verge of being a liability um, in a good chunk of that first period. And once you start making your mistakes become a liability, that's when issues arise. And that's mm. something we haven't had to really talk about since, honestly, the first week of the season. So it's a good thing we don't have any more 1 o'clock road games. We don't? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really look at it. I, I Today. Hope right. <laughs> In Boston. Oh, my God. I'm not even – dude, holy crap. Yes. All right. You're totally right. I wasn't even thinking about that. There's two in a row. Uh <laughs> And you're going to like my sound check for that <laughs> one reason. So let's get to that right after we get to bet online. And football might be over for this season, but basketball is full steam ahead with both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news for this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net has your is your source for the NHL, boxing, and UFC. And right to now, well, no, no longer Olympic Games because those are closed, right? Didn't they just do that? Yeah, yeah. So we got two more years for before the Summer Olympics where you could use BetOnline.net for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. So BetOnline.net, it is where the games start. All right, let's do our sound check for the Sabres Avalanche game, kind of the uh, songs that summarize the action against the Buffalo Sabres, and then we'll get into uh, some Boston Bruins stuff. Go ahead. What do you got? Easily. Putting shame in your game from the Hello Nasty album from our lords and saviors, the Beastie Boys. I got to remember that one because I, I remember that album that's, like we were saying, it's the intergalactic. What other song did they have that was a single on that album? I can't remember what it was. I could give you the whole album right now. Yeah, but I mean, intergalactic was like body moving. Uh, um, body moving's on Hello Nasty. Okay. Super disco breaking. Three MCs, uh, one DJ. Oh, isn't there a song called like Remote Control on that album? Yep, that's a great song. Uh, I don't know. I got to go back and listen to that one. So, all right, it, Beastie Boys. <laughs> I probably listened to a album a day ever since I was like maybe. 20 yeah my my brother and a good friend of ours is our beastie boys fanatics so yeah they, was, they uh, will know exactly what you're talking about they'd be happy with that pick for me it's i'm kind of double dip this is not my song for uh today's game against uh boston but it kind of holds true uh because it's 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 true for the buffalo game and it is true for today's game against boston and and ron burgundy made it famous but is the Starland vocal band with Afternoon, Afternoon Delight. Del- 
and you cannot <laughs> beat that uh, little harmony that they got going in uh, Anchorman singing the Afternoon Delight song. So, you can think about that song all day during Boston. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh man, and I don't like I'm saying like I forgot about that. I forgot that the Boston game is another afternoon game. It's another one o'clock Eastern game, correct? And there's no way the Avalanche are going to be able to get away with playing like they did in Buffalo in a one o'clock President's Day. There's going to be an attendance there because there's going to be a lot of people off. Um, you can't get away with that, and especially last time you saw these. Boston Bruins, they put Nathan McKinnon's ear, I mean, nose in his ear. So, yeah. Well, yeah, let's start with that because Jared Bednar came out and said, that's pretty much put to bed. There's, there's nothing else to see here. Um, <laughs> that is all over and done with. And he kind of has to say that. He can't say the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> he can't say, oh, you know, this, uh, this war is not over yet. We're you know there are no cats target. in America. <laughs> uh, he's not going to say we're we're going after him. Yeah, and you know he escaped us last time, and he needs to face what he like. He's not going to say that, but we all know what's going to yeah. happen or what should happen. And I'm not even saying it should be Curtis McDermott. It should be Nathan McKinnon himself because he's not going to pull. You know he doesn't hold back from anybody. So, but will he go after Taylor Hall? I'm sure Taylor Hall probably called him and was like, look, man, complete accident. Didn't mean to do it. You know, and it, I bet that phone call did happen. Yeah. If it did happen, then Curtis McDermott will, will do the dirty work. Or send in Logan O'Connor, Nathan McKinnon's body double. Yeah, he could do that. <laughs> Why not? Um, but you mentioned something that it is a day off. It is a holiday. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a big crowd. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it Boston fans show up everywhere. Yeah. So you know when it's a home game, they they show up. When it's a game against the Avalanche, they're going to show up because the Avs, like we were saying before, and talking about Buffalo, they they're going to want to see this these two teams go up against each other. And you're right, Avs can't have a repeat of how they played. Even they won that game because they are the better team. And when you when they're when they're not playing that well, and they're lucky enough to play a team that's at the bottom of the stands like Buffalo. You can you can get through that with a five to three win. I'm not saying Boston is, you know, a, a top of the of the league standings team. They're not. They're they're not what they have usually been. They're middle of the road team, but they can beat you. Yeah, and they're not going to have Martian, right? I think he's. I think this is the last game that he's. Out. I think. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, he comes back after our game. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. So they're not going to have him, but that doesn't really matter. Like they still have a, a good amount of skill players on this team. And yeah, the, if the abs do kind of repeat how they played against Buffalo, I'm not saying they can't win it, but it's going to be a lot closer than it was in Buffalo. And you can look at the game Saturday night, uh, Ottawa versus Boston in Ottawa. And you want to talk about crazy fans that travel. There, like mm. limited attendance for Senators games, and seventy percent of that attendance was Boston Bruins sweaters and cheering for Boston. Like, so of course they're going to take advantage of the holiday. One o'clock start. You can still do stuff in the evening and get ready for work the next day. Yeah. They're going. It's going to be a raucous environment, and everybody's going to feel that tension in the air. So the Avalanche can't get lost in the moment, and they can't be dwelling on how they performed against Buffalo either. They got to get back yeah. to business real quick. No, I don't think they will. I, I think they they avalanche like learn from games where they don't play that well. 
um, and they don't dwell on it. And then they, they do play better. So maybe that is like the silver lining of how they played against Buffalo is that they know they can't come out and play like that. Yeah. Um, and I would not expect them to. Um, do you think Kemper is playing or do you think you're getting Francois? I would give it to Francois. Um, yeah. I think this would be, especially after that game, Darcy needs a little, he needs a break. Yeah. And I completely agree with what you said about how they respond because we saw that in the back-to-back against Arizona, the home-and-home that we had. That first game was abysmal, and the second game they went right to right to work. So yeah. maybe we get that same result out of the Boston game. Yeah, and when Kemper's played two in a row, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you might see Frankie. Um, because the rest of the week, you're off Tuesday. Wednesday, you're in Detroit. That's a Darcy uh, game. You're off Thursday. Friday, you're back home against Winnipeg. And then it's the back-to-back against Vegas. So mm-hmm. hmm. you, need to get, you need to get both goalies warm, alternate them all the way up to that Vegas back-to-back. Yeah. I mean, that... that oof. I would I mean, go you, you, Darcy against the Wings. Jets get Frankie. Darcy game one against Vegas. Frankie yeah. on the second game. Yeah. That'd be interesting. So, I mean, you're playing four games this week. That that's a that's a workload for the Avs. So, but they are back home on Friday and then right back out on the road on Saturday against Vegas. And I just hate that. I just hate that they play Vegas twice, both times the second game of a back to back. Yeah. But that that's the flukiness of the NHL schedule, especially for this year. So, uh, we'll see how it goes in goal. Um, and we'll see how it goes on the ice against uh, the Bruins. Let me see what the Bruins are at quickly, what their last few games have been. Uh, th- I mean, they have, a, even though they're not playing the best, the East pretty much, the, the East playoffs are pretty much set. Yeah. Because the Bruins are sitting in the second wild card spot right now. And they are eight games up on the Red Wings, who are next in line for a wild card spot but the Bruins still have two games in hand against them. Yeah. So the, the playoffs are pretty much set. Uh, Bruins are 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10. They have one, one game in a row. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what you're getting from there. 28-17-4, and four, 49 points. Or, excuse me, 60 points, 49 games. So kind of that middle-of-the-road team. So you never know what you're going to get with them. No. It could be a very good game. could be uh, an avalanche domination game. But it's on the road in a very tough place to play. So uh, I think it'll be a fun game and another afternoon game, which great. And Boston's an old team, so maybe they're napping. That'd be, yes, it's a holiday. So they were, yeah, I like it. All right. <laughs> uh, that's going to wrap it up for today, everybody. We will be back tomorrow to discuss it. Hopefully another avalanche victory. Either way, we'll be back and uh, talking about it. So thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. And go check out Locked On NHL for your second listen of the day to get caught up on everything going on around the league. For now, he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. And this is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go.